0: Hello, Pesto Posse. Welcome to episode 17. Yes, 17 of Pesto Pete's podcast. And joining me tonight is the illustrious guest who hasn't been here for quite a while. Dave Woody Morrell.
1: Hey, Pete. Sorry, have a mouth. <laughs> gave me to eat.
0: <laughs> That's okay. That's what makes it fun. So, Dave, you haven't been on since episode... Ready for this? Four. (laughs) And my listeners, the email has been blowing up. Where's Dave? Bring back Dave. We need Dave. So Dave Woody Morell is back. And we are on the shores of Wachusett Reservoir in Boylston, Massachusetts, where it just started to rain, which was completely unexpected. And we are coming to you completely remotely, obviously. We're in the middle of nowhere. Except I can see a telephone pole and some cars going by. But I'm on my iPhone. Um, We tried this once already. My earbuds didn't work well. Dave's on his iPhone about 35 yards down shore from me. And we're going to do this podcast while we fish and eat and drink soda.
1: And Dave, what are you doing
0: down there? Trying to catch
1: a fish for you for your podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So all that background noise is catching fish? Okay, good. And uh, what we're going to do is if Dave happens to hook a fish, because I'm now sitting on my tackle box, because the sound was bouncing off my earbuds and all this other stuff. So I'm going to try to make a, a better production for you folks. If Dave ends up catching a fish, I've got my GoPro ready. I'm going to run down shore and, and videotape this. So anyway, thank you for listening. Uh, episode 17, we've had over a thousand listens to our podcast in a little more than a year. And uh, I wanted to thank everybody for being there for us. It's a lot of fun. We do it for fun. Um, we don't do it for the money because there is no money. Uh, you got to be Joe Rogan to make money. But if there was money, you would the other guys. i money. I'm, I'm, no, that, I'm kidding. That I'm wasn't kidding. very nice. Oh, you are? Oh, okay. Okay, good. So I'm about to – I'm not sponsored by these guys, but I'm about to throw on my Hook rain jacket. And, Dave, you're familiar with Hook, I think. They're friends of yours. Um, Hook and Nomad, they're a, a new brand that came out a few years ago. And I'm going to throw on – you can probably hear it in the background. That's me because – that's my phone
1: going through the sleeve, and we're making this all natural. So yeah, didn't didn't expect I rain today. Didn't see anything on the forecast.
0: Now showers here and there. This is not going to last, but the wind kicked down. It's really beautiful out here. So I wanted to thank everybody for listening. And again, we're at Wachusett Reservoir, Bur- uh, Boylston, Massachusetts, and uh it's gorgeous out here. You would think you were in the middle of nowhere, and. Uh, and listen closely, it sounds like some motorcycles going by about a mile away on the other shore. But um, wanted to thank sponsors, first of all. And I'm going to go a couple here and a couple there. And I call them sponsors, but sponsors typically um, mean that there's money involved and there is none. But um, these are more partners. Let's call them the the quadruple P, Dave. That's what we're going with. You know why they call it that? Uh, I'll let you answer, Dave. Hey, just something just broke to your uh, to your left, right down by the shore. I'm going. Um, see it? Yeah. So, anyway, we're going with Pesto Pete Podcast Partner, Quadruple Pete. So, Quiet Cat, they've been been with us since day one. Quiet Cat, uh, they're based in Eagle, Colorado. They're the a premier producer of e-bikes, electric bikes. They do a terrific job. They're always designing new bikes and new accessories, and they're really, really cool stuff. And I wish uh, I wish they would uh, send me a little loaner so I could give it a run in the, uh, the woods up in Maine. But check them out at quietcat.com on Instagram. Um, they, pay some, they post some amazing stories and photos. But these high-quality pieces of equipment get you access to the backcountry, minimal impact on the, on the environment, they're no low noise, if any. They are low uh, emissions, none. So they're great to get back there and not spook the game and get in. Where you can, can you the imagine bait. having a quadro squadron of those
1: up at Maine, up in the up at camp? That would be so much fun.
0: Running up the Huber Road, just I fun. That's beyond fun. That's when we have to get those rhinos and make sure we have GPS coordinates because we get we get so lost. On <laughs> run out of battery. <laughs> Run out of battery, the whole thing, but um, but check them out. And if you go on their uh, website and use the promo code PO like Post Office twenty percent, um, you'll get twenty percent off your order based on uh, listening to Pesto Pete. So thanks very much for listening and check out Quiet Cat. Also, we've got Jefferson's Bourbon, um, based in uh, Crestwood, Kentucky, right right in Bourbon Country, right outside of Louisville. Uh, they started in nineteen ninety seven. The Zoller family, Chet and his uh, Trey and his dad Chet. And they started the Bourbon country, Company, Dave, based on uh, Trey's eighth-generation grandmother who got arrested in the uh, late 1700s, 1700, 1799. Yeah, well, no, I think prohibition was a little more recent, but uh, but she was arrested for the production and sales of spirituous liquors, which I'm guessing are things that make you feel dizzy. So, uh, but check them out because they do this really cool thing with you know Jeff Fisher,
1: Dave. I think I mean not. Chris Fisher, I do. Yes, right. From O Search, yep. you, you've met yep. Chris. great guy. Great, great
0: cause. Yep. He's a yep, great cause. They're um, they're out um, researching great whites and tiger sharks are all over the world, and O Search is their company, and uh, they've thrown they threw three five barrels excuse me five barrels in the forward hold of uh, O Search a few years ago, and they bottled that up and they find that the the jostling that's. That
1: motorcycle noise is ruining everything. He's like two miles away. It sounds like he's going by on the lake. Right. Yeah, I just saw him. Oh, there's a couple of them.
0: So they put the, the barrels in the forward hold of the ship, I guess, in the old days, and it used to jostle the, the whiskey or whatever around, and it would pick up all the intricacies of the inner the inner part of the barrel. So they've tried that. They, they, they released it. Um, it's called Ocean give it a try it's not inexpensive but i'm sure it's delicious and if they listen to this maybe they'll throw a bottle our way but they right now there's four barrels cruising around all oceans of the world with chris fisher and the o-search team and uh and uh, obviously for a great cause as far as shocks are concerned and then an interesting uh twist on that as far as it relates to bourbon so give it a try and uh check it out but We wanted to talk tonight, Dave, a little bit about turkey hunting, because turkey season here in Massachusetts just ended. And um, I'm thinking unsuccessfully for both of us.
1: Um, I am so close so many times. Story of my life the last couple of years. It's amazing, too. It's like probably in the last three years we've seen less and less birds. And I've got a buddy out in Western Mass that – said the populations out there are way down too. And there's, there's no reason for it because we've had really mellow winters, but um, nonetheless, it's still a blast trying to chase those stupid animals.
0: Well, that surprised me too. Cause he,
1: th- those guys did so well. Well, oh, big
0: mayfly fly. Oh, the mayfly hatches. on yeah, day. Try, Time to get your fly rod. <laughs> Can a fly rod with you? No kidding. It's not here. See them. They're all over in front of me. Dave's probably 60 yards away right now, but um and it got dead calm. We, were, we walked in, it was a little breezy. The rain has stopped, so I'll take my hood off. And it got really, really nice out here, except for those stupid motorcycles. But um, anyway, yeah, no, it's been a tricky, tricky year, a few years for turkeys. I, I did, what well, it seems like I'm an every other year guy. I don't know what it is. And I, I've only had a couple of uh, uh, encounters this year. One was with you and Jack that day. We never yep. saw the birds, but we had them on the hook, we thought. And uh, we lost them, and then a couple of other times I've had single gobbles here and there, and it's just been it's been quiet. I don't I don't get it unless they're all into neighborhoods now. You know who knows? Yeah.
1: Well, I'm the fool that chases them with a bow, you so know? that's that's hard enough, and and when the bird population is down, or at least it seems to be where I'm hunting, uh, makes it even even more difficult. Yeah, but can I go back to you, your comment about you being a fool that chases them with a bow?
0: You've killed the oh, yeah. with a It's just
1: it seems like uh I've had so many opportunities and when they come in close and they catch you on the draw or you put an arrow through their feathers and they run away like nothing happened and it's it's a little frustrating. But but it's super rewarding. I took a oh. super Jake rewarding again? though when it all comes together.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. I um wow, it's glass calm out there now. I um I I stuck a bird. Coming out of the deer woods in the fall, I don't know, five years ago, arrow went through, the luminoc lit up, went into a puddle, a deep puddle. It was underwater, retrieved the arrow. It had feathers all over it and crazy. never found the bird. So obviously I shot, yeah, I shot through an area with, you know, with no vitals. I felt like crap because I stuck a bird without retrieving it, but it's crazy. And you got to really aim differently on a turkey. The, the vitals aren't where you think they are. They're down low. Think of a chicken, you know. They're down in the in the uh the lower regions, but but uh interesting animals. You just said it, they're crazy birds. And I, I did a little research as as you can imagine I i always do. And um you know, let me just say that coronavirus is, has driven us out to the a Reservoir and we're we're practicing social distancing. It sounds no. you have something on.
1: No, I can't There's, see there are it. a lot of fish out here. Um no. There's some kind of hatch going on, like you said, and the fish are busted on them, but obviously I don't have a fly rod.
0: So so we're
1: uh, let, let's go backwards a little bit. You're at what
0: we're at Wachusett Reservoir and uh out in Boylston Boylston, Massachusetts. So we're we're northeast of Worcester. Uh, correct. On. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, right? Yep. Northeast of Worcester. And it's uh it's a it's a public water supply. You can't touch the water. You can't drink alcohol. God forbid Jack's Abbey, one of our sponsors, would uh, would be very disappointed that we were doing a podcast without uh, taking in some of their fine beverages. But, um, no, it's a great place. I used to fish here. I, you know what? And we were. I showed you pictures. I caught lake trout here. I was with my girlfriend at the time, who's my wife now. And it was probably when we were in college, so sometime in the mid-'80s. And that might have been the last time I fished here which is strange because it's, oh, a it's great one, of the, one of the prettiest lakes and around here I think, and
1: an incredible fishery with, with a lot of state records, but it's also one of those lakes that you'll fish three or four or five times in a row and catch nothing. And you'll talk to everybody that that's fishing the shoreline and yeah, it's slow. Yeah, it's this. And, but when it's good, it can be epic.
0: So King of the Segway, as you just led me in, there are five state Massachusetts state record fish that were caught here. You ready for this? The brown trout, 19 pounds, huge 10 fish. ounces. That's, that's, <laughs> that's huge. Land, landlocked salmon, 10 pounds, two ounces. And those two aren't the big ones yet. Wait, I'm wait, surprised that Quabbin wasn't small the mouth, uh, landlocked salmon record. Absolutely. I, I agree. Um, Smallmouth bass, eight pounds, two ounces. This is the one that throws me. White perch, three pounds, eight ounces. A three and a half pound. Yeah, perch. so where you're
1: standing is right just to the right of where you're standing. A girl caught that, I think it was last year, and uh they they thought it was some kind of record, so they zipped over to uh, B and A bait store and they confirmed it and um I guess it's a pending world record too now. Yeah. Huge oh, no fish. It, it, wow. it, it, it's it, it's that a freak right fish.
0: <laughs> it's a freak yeah, that there's something running. <laughs> There's something wrong with that fish. I hope they didn't <laughs> touch it. <laughs> and and the fifth one on the the fifth one on the list is a rainbow trout, thirteen pounds, thirteen ounces. That's like a, almost a fourteen pound. Yeah, that's rainbow. an
1: incredible fish. Wow! What are you did
0: you attract <laughs> birds down there? Yeah, I paid them to me. sing for us. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's good. So so this is a really cool spot. I'm sitting on my tackle box because I was moving around a little bit on a previous. Uh, attempt to record and it got a little bit noisy and busy so i'm gonna forego the walking and fishing and dave's probably 100 yards from me now i can see him down the cove here and it it's absolutely dead calm which is so cool so um let's hope he hooks up to something i'm gonna run down and uh, and and take a video so anyway turkey season getting back to the turkeys dave crazy animals you know and and we've been chasing them for a long time we've done pretty well Jack got a nice bird this year. Um, Brian spent his turkey season down in Florida. So he was, I talked to him the other day, he met me at the club. I was doing a little trout fishing and uh, he was he was pretty disappointed that he missed the whole season. But um, I don't know that he missed much as we spoke already. So kind of a disappointing, disappointing year. But, um, you know, turkeys are a crazy animal and there's some interesting things. And this is not a quiz because we'll have the quiz at the end. But in fact, I'll probably just Ask the question and answer it because I don't want to put you on the spot. All right. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. So turkeys, and uh, you know what? Screw that. No, let's do a little quiz because it, it, it's it's funny. So how many turk? How many feathers does the adult turkey? Four thousand seven hundred forty. You're closer than anyone who's ever answered that question. It's five thousand <laughs> to six thousand. I counted. <laughs> Something just came up. Some just came up right in front of me. See it They're right everywhere. there? They're popping like crazy okay. down here. Oh, I didn't I, I I that's the first one I've seen that came up right in front of me, but all right. So I gotta go I gotta go back a little bit. Sorry, folks. All right, so Dave. How many species of turkeys are there? I
1: believe I believe Wild. there are five. Boom. Five uh, and you're almost right.
0: Well, there are five oh, in the okay. U.S. There's the East? Eastern, the Rio Grande, the Miriams, the yep. Osceola, and the Goulds. Then there's the Oscillator, yep. which is Beautiful in Mexico. Bird. And if you ever get, if you have, yeah, you've seen them. Very colorful. Colorful, and they have crazy long spurs. Um, so I guess the way they hunt them down there, I was listening to a Renella podcast. They hunt them in fields where they can actually see their legs, and the trophy is the spur, not like where we live. It's more about the fan or the beard. Down there, it's about the spurs, because we we can shoot shoot pretty good birds up here with no spurs whatsoever. But down there, oh, the mayflies are hatching. I'm going to give those guys a little privacy, sorry. So uh, they certainly – look at that. That is so cool. I should take a video of that. Um, Maybe that's kind of dirty. But um what was that catch a fish? No. Okay. Um so yeah, they, they check out the oscillated through through binoculars and check out their spurs from a distance, and that's when they um that's when they move in on a bird. Their spurs can get up to like three inches long, which is nuts. Um All right, Dave, here's a good one. What is the land speed? Not record, I guess that's a stupid word. What are, what a turkeys, what what's it drops Nine, 19 miles an hour. What do you think?
1: Ah very good. 18. You were very close.
0: How about in uh, flight?
1: It, uh 27 probably. Jeez. 50. If you said fifty, <laughs> I was gonna say, did you look at my notes? Not even close on that one. <laughs> um
0: so this this is crazy. Now we what do you when you when you Hunt turkeys. What do you use for, for shot? For shot, when you when you. Um,
1: I two? usually. I mean, everyone used to use bigger loads, number fours, whatever. I I've been using sevens, but I haven't had to use them for a few years.
0: Oh, that's right, because you've been Correct. you've been predominantly bow hunting, um. Uh, so I've I've always used fours or sixes, and um, you know, I listen to these guys and they talk about well, you know. He, you think about a turkey's head and the size of a pellet, and it's only going to take one to kill the bird, right? I mean, pretty much. That's amazing. how beautiful it is out here. Wow. So these guys are now into these, you of know, duplex loads where they've got, you know, nines be, uh, with sixes behind them and things like that. But I did some research on, on shot numbers in a shot shell, and it's incredible. Now, you know, for people who don't know, a number four is bigger than a number nine, the, the, the pellet itself. And there's this whole calculation of how these things fall through a sieve or something. So a number four uh, sieve is small, or larger than a number nine sieve. But this is incredible, Dave. Check this out. So a three-inch shell with an ounce and three-quarters of shot, right? A number four. In that shot shell is 236 pellets, which yeah, that seems away. high. I'm like, that, that seems, it seems high. So I did more research and found that number six is uh, 388, All right. Number nine's 1,013 pellets in a three inch shot shell. So when you think about shooting at a turkey, and all it takes is one yeah, color, go for the odds, you know, put in the right place where you typically shoot them in the head because you don't want to ruin the breast meat. Go for the odds. So I I shot at a turkey this year. I was out with Jack, and uh, we had a couple of birds. We pulled up one, and they took off, and we were, they ran into the woods and came out of the woods. And I don't I think I was at sixty five yards. And I'm shooting 12-gauge, 3-inch Magnums with number, seven, number six at the time. I, haven't, I can't buy nines because I can't get into a store to buy them. And with a full cho- a turkey choke, like that's like full plus. And I took two pokes that had spurred <laughs> at like 65 yards. And I, I kept saying, Jack said, that was an awful long shot. I said, well, you know, it's really more yeah. about You either miss them or, or they're fine <laughs> or you kill them. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. So, so I'm up, I'm gonna now cast. Well oh, no, I guess I can't do that. I'm trying to move my phone around so I can put it in my
1: in my ear and cast. Yeah, how's no, this sound, fine. Dave? Does this sound awful? Yep. So far, sound okay. And you're not missing anything because I oh. haven't even had a hit yet. So now I'm gonna.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna take a cast. We've had a couple of subs. We're, we're having dinner, and uh, thanks to. Jack's Abbey. We're having a little bit of keeping our hydration going, but it's just got so dead calm out here. It's time to fish. Um, so turkeys, turkeys are—they've always been a challenge. They've they've always been delicious, which makes them even more fun to fun
1: to kill. So, but it's uh, really about it's really about calling them in and getting you know, it, them to respond uh, and come to your call and you know, there's even sometimes if I, you know, if I call them in and I have my bow, it's, it's like, I almost don't care if I even kill the bird, just watching them come in full strut. Sometimes they're drumming, you know, one of the biggest birds I ever called in, I got just within bow range and he looked at the decoy and took off, but that, that was like an hour calling, hour worth of calling. And he came in and he was drumming so loud. And at one point it's like, I didn't even, like, raise my bow because I was so excited to watch this dude come in and just work his work his strut, work his magic. It was so funny. Work his...
0: Well, they're definitely, like, prehistoric. You know, they're, they're, they're crazy weird anyway. Like, I've said it in in uh, previous podcasts, when you kill a deer and you walk up and you go, wow, that's a pretty deer. You kill a turkey and you walk up and you go, that's Yeah, especially dead. They see. are
1: butt <laughs> ugly. <laughs> But ugly dead.
0: Um, you know, interesting, you know, turkey fun fact, too. Um, and, and kind of Jack led me onto to this to understand it, because he, he's kind of a student of, of nature. But So a, a hen turkey lays one egg a day for two weeks. She may take a couple days off in between, but during all that time, she never incubates the eggs. She just lays them in kind of hangs out and leaves, goes feed, comes back. When she's finally done laying her eggs, she incubates them. And they all hatch within, excuse me, within an hour of each other. Even if they were laid 14 days apart. I showed you sure that Jack didn't crazy? make that up? <laughs> no, I, I actually, I went and validated that. <laughs>
1: it's amazing, actually. But isn't that cool?
0: I mean, and then... The, and then the more amazing is if they lose their clutch because of rain or, or predation, something eats their eggs or whatever, they can refertilize themselves, and produce a whole new batch of eggs. But the crazy thing about that is, when they do it, all the eggs turn
1: out to be male. That is bizarre. And you think about foxes and fisher, fishers that we have around us. You know, it's amazing they're able to even get you know one egg hatched. It really is. Right.
0: Well, yeah. The, I you know, On a future episode, we'll talk about about mortality rates of turkeys, but yeah. it's pretty it's pretty bad. You know, I don't know what their I don't know what their you know the the mortality rate of a of a single bird versus you know a whole a whole nest of birds is, but it's it's pretty low. But, you know, it, it's, they've had a great reintroduction, probably one of the best reintroductions of any animal in the, in North America. Really? You know, I, I don't, I, and again, I didn't go too deep into this because I didn't want to bore our listeners like we're doing right now. But, um, you know, it, that that's a, that's a success story. And, you know, most people say, yeah, success story, great. Get them out of my backyard. Well, yeah, push yeah. them out of your backyard to where we hunt them. And then they and only, you know, it's so amazing
1: think about if you were a 18 year old kid and you just got into or you've been bow hunting or, or gun hunting for Turkey, deer, whatever. And you think of the deer populations, even in our state, which, you know, Massachusetts is not known for growing huge, huge deer. And, you know, although every year somebody kills a nice one, but you think if you were, yeah, if you were a young kid right like now, me. you know, you've got incredible technology and, and, and shotguns and bows um, you've got incredible safety products and tree stands and harnesses and you've got this huge population of turkeys and deer and you know it's just unlimited amount of, uh, of hunting you can do which is really cool because as you and I well know when we started hunting if we saw a deer or even if we came up upon deer tracks it was it was a big event.
0: Yeah, I mean, I remember I grew up in a, I grew up in a right. farm town and we didn't have deer, you know, and, and, or turkeys. I mean, I saw my first turkey, wild turkey. Um, I was fishing quab with my dad. Noel was pregnant with my son. So he's 26. So it was 26 and a half, 27 years ago. And my dad and I went to look at a cabin he was interested in buying a little camp near in you, know, you know, that area. And we pulled up and it was a, a kind of a dirt driveway with some grass and there was a, a mother turkey with her poults and they were jumping. The poults were jumping, like jumping. They were only six inches tall, but they were jumping like 10 inches, which was the cutest thing ever. You know, to grab grasshoppers and insects off the, off the grass. And I was like, Dad, look at that. It's a turkey. I, I, never, ever had seen one. And that was, you know, 1994-ish. Ninety three, ninety four. i mean that's crazy and now you know drive anywhere and you just you basically you have to go slow or just look for every so you bird them over, you know <laughs> as we found out <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly yeah no as we always find out now it's cool it's cool stuff you know and we chase them and and unfortunately that the season's only a month long they opened it up this year in massachusetts so we can kill three three birds a year so um you know that's that's doing something because they realize the population is is booming so although we came up empty you know you just never know and that's why they call it hunting and not killing right on <laughs> <laughs> right, right on well this gives me an opportunity to uh, mention a couple other podcast um, supporters partners the quadruple p and i want to talk about jacks Abbey because they're we're fond of them, and we are so we are supporting them right now, even though we shouldn't be. And uh, I and I can't wait to leave well, fishing, so we can go have one at the truck. Jack's Abbey. <laughs> well, Jack's Abbey—they are founded in 2011 by a couple brothers, three brothers, the Hemler brothers. Framingham, cool place. They they brew there. They're all about lager. They love the lager, the house lager. Shipping out of Boston, mentioned on the previous podcast. Post shift, smoking and dagger, and the one. I would love to be enjoying right now is uh, Hoponius union, which might be the best beer on the face of the earth. Um, they also have a beer hall and kitchen. If you're ever in Framingham and they actually reopened because of COVID-19 has kind of closed. Everything wood fired pizza, other offerings. They're awesome. Check them out on jacksabbey.com. They're also very, very popular on Instagram. Um, they're really cool. And, and Tom Miranda professional hunter was so courteous. And gave me the opportunity to talk about him. Dave's tiptoeing across the shore, to, not not to make noise. Um, but Tom, uh, Miranda, oh, he is with the bat. We're getting so Dave's walking toward me. He's going to run by me, and I'm getting background sound because he's too close. So Tom Miranda is a professional hunter, uh, bow hunter. He's got several shows that are out there. One of them was Territories Wild. Very good show. Check him out on, uh, on YouTube. Check out his shows. He was the first documented uh, Super Slam winner by Archery, which is the 29 big game species in North America. And,
1: Dave, do you know, kind of give me, a, give me some insight on that. Well, you think about it. You think big big of how hard species. it is to kill even one or two deer in a season, and now you've got you've to kill every species of deer, you've got to kill, you know, ram and sheep and just about every big game animal all across the country and some of them, you know, even some of the um the sheep hunts and all that it's it's you know, it's not a guarantee and it's it's weeks of weeks of work possibly and it's big money and it's um you know, it's an investment in time and resources and uh you know, musk musk oxen and you know, some of these some of these big game that we would never even think about hunting and he's you know, he's done it, I think, multiple times, too.
0: Well, not multiple. But I mean, multiple in some species, yeah. But, um, you know, you polar bear. muskox yeah. and, and polar bear. I mean, go on his – go on his um, – on YouTube and check him out. He's got some amazing hunts. And the, the muskox one was really cool because you know what they do when they're, when they're threatened. They back into each other. And, uh, you know, they create a circle and put the little ones in be, in in the inside of the circle to protect them it's it's unbelievable it, and you know you're out on yeah when I it's mean, how minus 1 <laughs> in 40 minus 20 minus 30 minus 40 and you're in a polar bear suit <laughs> just to stay warm you know with mittens and things and you're on the back of a, a snow sled and all that other stuff it's unbelievable to make that happen and and he did it And, um, but what's incredible is, and I'll run down the species. So, and you know, this is, he's a, he's a podcast partner, but this is also, I think interesting as it relates to the content, but so deer, three, uh, five species, elk, three species, moose, three species, caribou, five sheep, four bear, four, and then you got pronghorn bison, mountain lion, musk ox, mountain goat. And I'm going to tell you, if you want to see something amazing, Go on YouTube. Put Tom Miranda, Caribou, and he does a caribou hunt where um, the guide behind him is flagging. They call it flagging. I think flagging in a caribou with a uh, with like a chunk of a white sheet, and somehow it creates interest by the curious. So they come into it, and he sticks this caribou with an arrow at like five yards. And Dave, you got to watch it because the the reaction of the caribou is insane it, it's just undes- indescribable I, and, and just give it a give it a watch and take a look and 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 it's just really cool it, i mean he's he's like dead nuts on everything when he hunts i mean i've seen him brown bear hunt and and some other videos where he is just so dialed in. started out as a trapper when he was like 12 out in ohio and just a really cool guy who made made himself um you know a, a real real outdoorsman and he owns a, a safari club or something in africa now he got into the african species which is cool too so uh, anyway cool stuff tom miranda check him out he was really kind uh me back real cool guy so give him a look folks uh support him he's one of us um uh, Dave, I was going to ask you, okay, so let's get away from all the sponsorships and all these partners and everything else. Now, I'm going to make that more brief in future episodes. But So I was thinking, I was walking the dog yesterday, and I was like, what are we going to talk about tomorrow night? We're 32 minutes in, and we've talked about a lot of good stuff, but um, you've been, you fished a <laughs> lot, right? You're fishing now. I'm standing here with my hand in my pocket, you're fishing right now um you've been to some really cool places and i have an idea i know and this is not this is not preconceived i'm just i was thinking last night what is the what is the coolest
1: fishing experience you've had in all the places you've been and mention some of the places you've been yeah i've been you're, very you're, lucky you're with, my, with my fishing. business and my career to to fish a lot but i tell you um when you go out of the country it's always a great experience we had a great trip to alaska you know, catching halibut and golden eye grouper and uh, a rock golden eye uh, rockfish. Sorry. And just, you know, salmon and you get to bring some fish home and it's just a great experience. But uh, Tropic Star Lodge was probably the one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. Um, They uh, it's just an incredible spot where it's it's all uh, tropical rainforest and it comes down into this little bay. That's in, um, that in, Costa Rica, in, uh, Panama in Panama. Sorry. Yeah. Just absolutely Police. stunning. Panama. Um, the okay. fishing grounds are close. The, uh, Zane gray, um, reef is right, you know, right outside uh, where the boats are docked. It's a, I think it's a eight or 10 mile run. And it's just, it's one of those places that if, if you ever want to go to like the place, the, the one bucket list place in your life, that's one of them. Casa Vieja. Um, incredible place we caught uh endless amounts of sailfish and blue marlin and uh that's that's in venezuela Where's that and uh just an incredible spot i mean it's you're in kind of this you know third world country as you're coming down into the city and and the gates open and you're in this beautiful beautiful little compound and uh the boats are all you know well kept and you don't have to make long runs offshore but uh we had days of you know dozens of sailfish um blue marlin and uh we've even caught some good tuna there so you know that that oh and some big dolphin I mean we caught dorado up to geez, probably in the in the high 40 pound range so just awesome awesome spot and you know you go wow. there and you think okay this is a, one of the sailfish capitals of the world but um you know we had a couple of days where it was blue marlin and then the next day it was it was Dorado, so uh, as they call them down there. But <clears throat> awesome spot. Awesome spot. Right, right.
0: Well, you know, and it's unfortunate that we grew up where we grew up because we fished in Florida together. And, and you know, you fish in saltwater specifically. I mean, here we are in fresh water, and there's a bunch of species we might so be able to fish. You've gotten skunk so far as I stand here. It's okay. It's really beautiful out, though. But um, you know, we go off. You, you go off the Cape, and we're catching stripers and bluefish. You might catch an albacore, maybe a bonito, maybe a or, you know black sea bass. Yeah. Until the bluefin tuna comes, and then, as you know, flounder. we've all been obsessed with you bluefin. know. But, well, right, and, and that is that is really cool. And I'm going to bring up a. Don't let me forget to tell that story. But um, I, you know, I'm going to tell it just after this. But we we're, we're you know, you go down to Florida, and it's like, oh my god they, you know, friends of ours would be down there fishing, like, what do you want to fish for today? Yeah, and They give incredible. you like a list of 35 species. Because <laughs> we've we got to kind of plan the tackle and plan the bait and plan the this, plan the method. And it's unbelievable how, how you know, yeah, how absolutely spoiled we'd be if we were down there. You know, it's, just, it's crazy. So how many years ago now? So let me look back. So I'm thinking, I remember who I was working for, so sometime around, I think there's something in the woods behind me. So there's, um, it was 2009, I think it was 2000. You called me and said, let's take the boat out tomorrow. And I said, yeah, I can do that, but I got to be back around nine for work. And you said, okay, there's tuna around. And we ran out of Green Harbor in Situate. Oh, I can hear you real. That's cool. Um, we ran out of Green Harbor and we got there. Outside, what four or five miles offshore, in uh, right about sunrise. Oh, yeah, and there were fish right? everywhere. You there? Oh, yeah, <laughs> fish. So, they put you, you said to me, Yeah, they an were, were the school's like, the right there, fish everywhere you <laughs> and they came morning. up. tuna yep. talking about tuna, baby blue fins, right. And I mean, we're talking baby bluefin's and like a hundred and 150 pound baby bluefin. So we fished till about nine o'clock, and I had to go in. And if you remember correctly, and I know you will, (laughs) that's Dave's reel. That's kind of cool. No, it's it's good. I like it. He looked at me like, no. So some guy says to us, as we're coming in, watch out for the car at launch two. What? Watch out for the car. Like, we didn't know what he's talking about. We pull in, and then there's two boat ramps. And one of the boat ramps is a Corvette underwater. And the guy had come down. It was a beautiful, ah, September maybe. I think it was October, September, October. Beautiful, I guess called Indian summer day, for lack of a better word. And uh, the guy had backed his jet ski down. And when he did, the jet ski was still on the trailer, it lifted the back tires of the vet up. And put it well, sometime, somewhere under eight, 10 feet of water. <laughs> and we, we couldn't do anything but laugh. I should take a picture of that and put it on an Instagram. The guy's car was sitting there and stuff was, you know, like old traffic tickets were floating
1: up and and uh, rubber the, gas. The funniest part about windshield. that was when the tow truck <laughs> showed up, and the tow truck guy gets out of the I truck know and exactly. he grabs the wire and the hook yep. and he walks down to the truck and, I mean, down to the water's edge and he looks at the owner and just hands him the hook. <laughs> And that guy had to go in the water to hook it up. Yeah. Yeah, he had to dive. You know, I'm not going in there. That, that's right.
0: So they pulled that out. I had to go home to, to get to work. And you went yeah, back and ish. you soloed on a 125-ish. So Dave caught a, a bluefin tuna by himself, gaffed it, and got it in the boat solo, which was really cool because he I w- I'm a lacrosse official and I know this guy, John Peary. And John Peary's a guide up on the uh up on the North Shore. That sounded so cool. And uh we were talking and he said, Hey, I heard a guy down your way soloed on a 125 pound tuna. And I said,
1: Yeah, I know oh, who he so is and fun. you know him too. I- it
0: was Dave Morrell.
1: I was I was jumping <laughs> on the like like boat like, you a, gotta main, be like a crazy me. man. It was just so much fun. And then um, I think we ate raw tuna for about a month. <laughs> oh yeah.
0: Well, we caught, we caught that 80 pounder on, uh, Keith, my friend Keith's birthday outing. And I seriously, I think, oh, yeah, it's incredible. I don't think one ounce so of that good. tuna went. And if you cold. leave it for a couple days in the think fridge, wrap everything. And wrap, it
1: just, it just oh, ages God. it perfectly. Hey, by the way, I, I think when you had asked me about, uh, places I've been, I oh, said yeah. Casa Vieja. I think I said Venezuela. I don't know why. You, you probably had me, had me under the pressure cooker, but it's actually Guatemala. I, don't, I just thought it just popped in my head. Sorry about that.
0: <laughs> oh, sorry. No, that's all right. So, so I'm thinking that that tuna was probably <laughs> no, – don't ever be sorry, Dave. This is all natural. I was Even focused on fishing, obviously. 40 yards away. <laughs> Very natural. No, that's okay. Yes, you were – oh, something just – big something, big, way out. You'll never reach them. You'll never reach them. Um, but you, you know, you talk about that. I, I, I hadn't thought when I was walking the dog then I was thinking about your, your best accomplishment and it wasn't that solo tuna, which is a pretty, pretty significant accomplishment. But I was thinking about, I think when you were on your honeymoon, were you, where were you when you were on honeymoon and you went sail
1: fishing and there were four people on the oh, boat? Oh yeah, we were in Cancun. We that was incredible. And uh, we joined this other couple and, uh, the guy from this other couple got sick. So he spent the time in the chair or down below. And, uh, we just kept hooking sailfish. I think we, I think we hooked 14 that day, but it was, uh, and when you're, you know, with that age, when you had never caught a sailfish and you catch your first and your second and your third and your fourth in one day, it was, uh, kind of cemented the, the, the marriage and the honeymoon. <laughs> so no, that was fun. That was a neat, neat place. Yeah, it was, so uh, you wanted, do you, you want to elaborate on that? <laughs> Cancun and Cancun in April, which is peak time down there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that I'm, was before Fortunately or unfortunately, no, <laughs> that was uh, my wife caught a couple. We've got one, uh, we've got a mount made of one of hers up on the living room wall, and uh, that's amazing. it was just a, just a great day, yeah. That's cool, that's all good, right? On it's all good. We get a little get more this, rain get these in, fish. Woodrow. get these fish even more fired up.
0: Yeah, look at that. That's all right. I was just gonna say, you know, I'm trying to. I'm trying to cast and reel but What about I'm what about my, you, Pete? What's your uh, what's your big
1: accomplishment so. for fishing that you can remember?
0: <laughs> you <know> what, <laughs> Last Wednesday, come on. You know what, Dave? I probably should have started with <laughs> I should should have started with me <laughs> and finished with you. No, I, I don't know. I I it's been I you know, my, my big accomplishment is tying a wet fly and fish in salt water and catching them significantly the king, the king of fly striper. time too i mean you i know, okay, so, you think you've so back in, thousands yeah probably and you know which makes which makes me think of the time we were heading down isle Mirada and you said hey tie some bonefish flies we are gonna we're gonna fish with bonefish fly fish for bonefish and uh i bought another box and filled it up and he said your tiny bonefish
1: flies they shut down. Yeah, we like were not going to run out. I think we made like uh, sabiki rigs out of them. <laughs> we're just talking. Well, fish. yeah, for
0: the record, we didn't bonefish when we were there, <laughs> and I still have that. If anyone needs flies, go to Pesto Pete Podcast at gmail.com, send me your address, and I'll be happy to send you an envelope full of friggin' bonefish flies. There's some really good ones in there, too. But I don't know, I want one, one really significant accomplishment was back in the old Stripe striper fest days and again six nine six seven nine six is oh, coming yeah. up really quickly here and that's a significant day in my life and we'll talk about that in the podcast someday but one day we were we were at Striperfest, fest it was probably 95 and my friend tim caught a 38 inch striper and in a fly and when I, I said that is an amazing, I'm yelling across the water. That's an amazing fish. And we were wade fishing. This wasn't boats. This was offshore.
1: And he oh, said, "That's, yeah, awesome. but look that's a great fish There's on a fly, fly rod from, from land from shore. That's that's yeah. even more of an accomplishment. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, 38 at Popinette. Yeah, that's a great the, fight with
0: the gut with the current. Oh my God! I don't know how we ever that. Oh, I I don't know how we ever got that fish in, but. It was, uh, that, that's an accomplishment in my book. You know, it wasn't the fish I caught, but the fish I helped someone catch, which was really pretty cool. But no, I've had, I mean, my, my fishing days are not, nothing like yours. And I mean, I've done really well at acid. I've caught, I caught 125 fish in two days, you know, and just one after the other and came home and my kids used to say, dad, show me a thumb. <laughs> yeah. And I'd show them my fuzzy thumb, you know, your thumbs all ripped up from lipping the fish. And the fuzzier it was, the happier they were. And I always brought them, you know, shells, oyster shells or a conch shell from Think from the, of how you know, infrequently we used when to I'm keep fish from the water, too. And let just now, about I, I everything don't...
1: go when you're fly fishing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. The only
0: thing we ever catch keep was maybe a blue or two and eat them that night. Um, I, did, I did get a uh, northeast slam there. I caught it on fly. <laughs> I caught right. a striper, a bluefish, and a flounder. I remember it was a, it was a significant flounder. I mean, it was a big, it was a, it was a doormat. Yeah, that's 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 something you don't see very often, for a flounder hitting a fly, but they're pretty aggressive. Um, No, it's great, it's great stuff, and I can't wait to get out to the salt. We don't fish together much. Um, Catching nothing, fun, (laughs) even though we're forty-five. About to happen. (laughs) It's kind of catching nothing, and it's so
1: calm. No, it's about to happen.
0: All right, so we talked about
1: fishing. What about hunting? hunting Uh, That's a, you know, that's a good question. It's, you know, I think we just love being out outdoors all the time, and you know, bow hunting especially. And they're all accomplishments. You, you, even a doe. You know, you kill some big does, or, I, you know, that doe I shot in Rhode Island a few years ago was a 160 pound doe dressed. And I remember that thing came in, and it, it was. I've never seen a more nervous (laughs) animal in my life. And, you know, it's one of those things with bow, you've got to do everything right. And when it comes together, it was, uh, it was pretty rewarding. So that that was pretty cool. And probably the, oh, it was unbelievable. She, and it was funny because I'm looking at, at the animal going, I don't see any antlers, but that's a big ass doe. But, um, but the, uh, and you know, the, the one <laughs> buck that I shot that year with my, with my bow that I <clears throat> did all the mock scrapes and did everything right with the rubber gloves and I was pretty ridiculous about it and it all came together and I had it on trail camera and I waited a certain amount of days till everything was right and got in there and and shot that deer that day and it was uh that was a beautiful buck and it was just it was so cool how it all happened it came in real early too early I let it go didn't try to rush a shot and somehow it came back so that was great that was fun they're all fun
0: yeah they are and you know what you make a really good point and this was I wasn't even thinking this as you were talking but you you make the preparation you do all the things right you you cover your scent you cover your, <laughs> Shh, don't your, tell anybody. your truck with tra- <laughs> trash bags <laughs> but, you know, you, <laughs> oh that's a secret that's no secret man but so you you talk about that and then you you talk about me this past fall i I dance with that little six pointer and said, I'm going to kill that deer. Cause he's started pissing me off, frankly. And I went in the next Saturday, I put my climber on my back. I made a shitload of noise. I got in my stand, climbed up the stand at quarter seven. I was, oh, that's a waste of a day. Cause I made so much noise. I came in late and then hung the stand at seven o'clock. You texted me and Brian and said, anything going on? And Brian went, nothing. I said, squirrels. And 15 minutes later, the biggest buck in my life walks down my boot tracks at 13 yards and it's so friggin' hard to determine because my preparation was the exact uber opposite of your preparation on that buck you just talked about you know it just
1: it is so it is and they, so ne- and no, they never you know, come from, from where so you think crazy. they're going to come from you always um, have these little I'll, scenarios I'll played stage. out in your head and and you get in your stand, you're going to go, okay, they're going to come down this trail here. next thing you know, you turn around, yep. there's one sitting behind you staring at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, there's that
0: perfect spot right there. Yeah, well, guess what? I never expected that. Oh, yeah, taxidermy get boy. I back in about four weeks from Scotty. Um, yeah, taxidermy boy. Um, I never expected him to come from where he did. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's, that's going to be a spot. I'm putting a stand a little deeper in from where I was, but, but, you know, I guess my preparation was pretty good. I I put it in a tree. I looked at the week before, but you know, it's just, it's just crazy. It's just, you can prepare all you want and you can expect all you want, but it never.
1: Yeah. But you think about it. If you didn't know of that spot you you didn't feel in your, in the back of your mind that, okay, I've got to get this stand in that tree because they must they must run this ridge and come down. And I'm going to get that six pointer coming down that ridge. Well, you got a little bonus because it was a lot bigger than a six pointer, and it happened to come down that same spot. If you had put your stand in the tree twenty twenty yards earlier, you would have just watched it go by, and that was it. Awesome stuff.
0: Right, right, right. Oh, I. That was that was a fun. That was so fun. <laughs> Big buck down, how big? <laughs> Where is he? I, I think tell. he's I right in front of me. Head yet. <laughs> yeah, that was. Oh, that was a That was a thick shithole right there. But anyway, but no, that was that was that was oh, an that was incredible. That was one of those. You know, my moose hunt. That was an accomplishment, I and mean, we we did that on our own. We did that on our own. We, you know, and you guys are kind enough to take time off to help me. And (laughs) and, um, unfortunately you were napping. when I. Besides (laughs) that, I was a huge help. (laughs) No, but do you remember that particular day? We, we get in there. I had scouted the previous weekend, that weekend with Brian. Then we started Monday. It was warm. It was 65, 68 degrees. And that, that particular Wednesday, we went up, we went around, we found those loggers, they wouldn't let us go by. You know, you walked up kind enough to ask him if we could go to that other spot. And we went back around, we had lunch, we sat there, and then it wasn't, you know, till yeah, three thirty. We, top said, of we went up again. We a, we got we thought we were gonna yeah, be walking downhill
1: and we're walking straight up. A <laughs> pond? Yeah. That was crazy.
0: <laughs> a pond on a mountain. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. We came down. There and I was so defeated. We were so beat. It was hot, sweaty. Oh my god! And then that one last spot, Brian said, "Let's try here." And the night before, he and I had been on the opposite ridge and moose. heard a cow elk, uh, cow elk, a cow moose call. And I was like, "Yeah, I wonder if that's a." It couldn't tell if it was a guy or a, you know a real moose. And we went in there, and sure shit, the first thing we saw was sign, and we saw some shit, and. You know that 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 was just the epitome of my hunting career because, you know, not for nothing. And we got what, fifteen, eighteen guys at camp, and guys have killed moose and right every, on. You know, and unfortunately, we haven't pulled the tag yet. But this is your <laughs> year. We're confident, and I've got plenty of vacation time, and I can't wait to help you. You know, I'm telling you, I'm right. I'm going to be right by your side when that happens. And uh, uh, that was that uh, was, was an ex- only, that was a life experience for, this year, for sure. So.
1: That was just so cool. So, well, we're about
0: that was, and I'll never forget when he dropped down and he, he that, that animal was expired. And it, I'm telling it's just, it's so, you're so unworthy of that. It's just amazing. <laughs> and I'll never forget saying to Brian, we're taking him out whole. <laughs> I want him, I want that animal, you know, you know, all his glory on on a pole. I don't want him. I don't want him cut up in a freezer. I want him on a pole. We get, you know, obviously he was cut up in the freezer. Eventually that's, that was the plan, but and that, that moose was yeah, that absolutely was a good Every single bite of that moose was delicious. So it was it was well that was a good moose. Yep. Um, so anyway, we got some rain coming back in. We're almost an hour into this, Dave, and I don't want to bore our listeners. So um you and I, there's a couple of things I want to go through. And you and I are are let's go with <laughs> fanciers.
1: With Mesmerized fanciers by
0: hummingbirds. Him. Right?
1: I and I love hummingbirds.
0: I'm mesmerized. They are, I mean, you they think about there. it. I come they out to this, nature's to this reservoir,
1: and That's I'll see osprey and bald eagles, and I'm in total awe of all the red-tailed hawks I see here. And then you watch a hummingbird come into the feeder, and, and you just don't have any words. You're staring at this little dude, you know, flapping its wing at 8 million beats per second. And it's like, how do they do that? How do they move so quick? And then you think when they're done eating, they're just going to kind of go like, all right, I'm going to move over here now. And they just, they're like Mach 4, they head to the hills. <laughs> It's so cool.
0: <laughs> no, they are cool, and I, I, um, I've been working from home since March tenth. Dave and I are now backed into the woods because we got, we got a actually a significant uh, uh, rain shower coming. But this is no, this is cool great. Shit, man, I'm telling you, better than
1: sitting in uh, a basement. Do you disagree?
0: This is this is working out really well. Uh, exactly. So I um I put up my I moved one of my hummingbird feeders in front of my my temporary office at the house and I've been I've been watching them and I finally said shit I got to get my GoPro out and I've been videotaping these these hummingbirds, and uh, videoing videotaping is the wrong word. What's sure. the word you use? I've been videoing, and it's unbelievable. I put I put the camera low. I put the camera high. It's cool stuff. But here's, here's all right. So now we get into the quiz. The quiz uh, portion okay. of, the, of the podcast. Excuse Humble me, I just for um, Dave, how many four. hummingbird species are there in, in <laughs> I have no idea. Ah. One. Huh. one. The ruby-throated. Ruby-throated hummingbird, and there's obviously females aren't ruby-throated. But, um, yeah, there's only one. Which I was shocked. And I looked in my Audubon bird of mythology. mythology or anthology, ornithology ornithology wow.
1: i think there's only like i don't think so you North see America's all different sizes green. you see little which teeny, i thought was really strange. Birds. and then you um. see the big ones with obviously the red breast on them but oh I,
0: yeah 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 no i don't know what and then you see bigger like i've got one yeah. i've got a video of this one and she's so green on her back and the sun's hitting the red. It's beautiful. And, that, you know, they used to think that they used to use their beaks for, like, a straw. Tongue comes But I watched out. some videos, and actually their beak comes out. I mean, their tongue comes out of their beak. Yeah, and it, it just draws the stuff back in. Um, and they go through this thing called torpor. T-O-R-P-O-R. It's a, it's a form of hibernation because they run so hot. That they have to relax at night. And I think you. Do, I think you have to do go that too, don't you? Or they'll die. <laughs> it's not they. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing about you, but they 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 run so hot that yeah. they, if they didn't, they, their body would just collapse because they can't feed themselves at night. It was pretty. It was pretty cool, you know, reading about them and and some of their some of their uh, characteristics and the only bird that can fly backwards. I'm sorry. That's a branch hit my, my. Yeah. So, so I was, I was setting up uh, a camera in one of our trees
1: that we had a feeder still all good. And, uh, and we had some people over for a cookout and they're like, Dave, don't move. And as I'm trying to put the camera right next to the feeder, I had this hummingbird right at the back of my head looking at me like, can you move? I'm trying to eat here. And it was, I remember turning and he kind of looked at me and I could feel the wind coming (laughs) off his wings. It was unbelievable, but he didn't spook right away. It was, it was so cool. By the by, the way, it's supposed to rain harder here in a little bit. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I read...
0: Oh, really? Okay. So we're almost well, done. Read... So I'm looking highest... Oh, really? okay. They have the highest mass-specific yeah. metabolic rate of any uh, homeo-warm-blooded oh, animal. And... Uh, oh, here's a good one. So I want to know how much they eat because they come to my feeder and they'll do, you know, their thing and they'll be there for... Maybe 15 seconds, and then they tear out of there. One study showed that a three-gram hummingbird drank 43 grams of nectar one day. <laughs> That's like drinking two kegs of beer one its body weight. <laughs> that, okay, so say just to make – not that either of us weigh 200 pounds by any means. So that would be – What's fourteen times two? That'd be twenty eight hundred pounds <laughs> <crazy>. of nectar. <laughs> yeah. And and not to mention you don't gain any waste. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. You burn it all off. You could, in like burn, 30 you seconds, could burn that so. off in about no, two that's, hours. that's
1: crazy. Nobody else could.
0: All right. So now my phone is um right, exactly. Yeah, all right. So down, now for the last part. I, I, of the I, podcast, I hope it's so not about um,
1: Guatemala versus. This is the quiz. <laughs> other countries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so concentrating too much on fish. Yeah,
0: I think you were a little bit off on that, bro. Yeah. That's hey, good for you. I didn't. I'm uh, now. I think I've lost my glasses, so I got to do this without glasses. And my it's starting to get wet. Okay. I thought it'd be cool. To learn more about acronyms, you know, save like our ship. S O oh, S. Sorry, thought, that's thought acronym, I was the quiz, right? Right, that's what you think, and that—that's one of them. That's one of them, but that's so you. We we kind of we kind of jumped the shark there a little bit, but so S O S save our ship. No. That's what we all thought. You know why they use S O S? Ah. Because it's an easy thing to do on Morse code. Got it. It's dot, Makes dot, sense. dot, dash, 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 dot, dot, dot. It's a quick one. Right. How about this? You and I Dang. are very uh, familiar with WD-40. <laughs> what does WD-40 stand for? It's <laughs> funny. We're both standing under Working. Trees, I don't know what that is. 20 yards for. apart, like a couple of goons. Water Displacement Water displacement version 40. It took them 40 tries to get it right. Alright, this one, and it, my, my page is running with the, the ink. Correct. You know how they say the Patriot Act? Which is the Anti-Terrorism Act? Okay. And I don't have glasses. Yeah. Want me to come over and hold the pad? The Patriot Act No. So it's a US Patriot. Act. Uniting and <laughs> Oh god, it can not it's all it's all run from the from the rain. Uniting and something America by providing appropriate t- tools. Uh, dude, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to to oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay well i'm gonna i'm gonna have to look that one back up like honest to god it's, it's running government i know that how about how about yeah. geico geico insurance there you go oh you do government employees insurance company how about nerf how about nerf like nerf balls i remember how popular used them nerf, all the time still nerf do. basketball was when we were kids i have no idea okay what's nerf stand for <laughs> Non-expandable recreational, recreational foam. <laughs> Who would have figured, right? Who would guess this? So here's a here's a good one. Here's a good one. Smart car. I always thought smart cars were called smart cars because they were environmentally smart,
1: right? They're smart. No, it's not. You not I'm, so, I'm looking up Patriot. Actually, <laughs> You're looking it up. You better not be. <laughs> <laughs> so, smart
0: car is a collaboration oh, yeah, yeah. between between Swatch. Remember the old watch company, Swatch, and Mercedes. Huh. It was Swatch Mercedes Art.
1: Didn't smart know that. Car. Didn't know Swatch was involved. How cool is that? <laughs> well, I didn't think it did. That's that's why I asked you. <laughs> so
0: here we are, watch user reservoirs. Now it's raining harder. This place holds shoreline? 65 billion gallons of water. It's seven miles long, 21 miles
1: shoreline. Yes, Quabbin dumps into is here, storage and this starts place feeding of uh, most of Eastern day? Mass, right? Yep. Boston? Yep.
0: Eastern Mass, yeah, the uh, metropolitan Boston, yeah. So all good shit. So, well, thanks, folks. I know it's been a little bit... A little bit crazy tonight. You know, we're trying something new. I think it worked having out a blast. pretty well. A little wet. Having I'm a having blast. fun. Who cares? As long as I'm having fun. Dave, you having fun? It's all good. Well, thanks for listening to Pesto Posse's podcast. We, uh, Pesto's podcast, Posse. We, uh, we appreciate you listening. Uh, we'll be back in touch. It's episode 17. Keep listening. We'll bring you more out. content. And remember our sponsors.